Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. <laughs> Big conversations. Budding aspirations. Our goal? To make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together. Ticket off your Christmas list today. Get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Welcome to this pop-up space um, where we are hopefully going to be discussing the outcomes from today's coroner's report Good. involving the death of ruth perry sorry about that that's my sound apologies um so we are going to hopefully just go through first of all the finer details from that verdict that has just come out in the last hour via the bbc and via bramwin jeffries so what i'm gonna sort of reference is a mixture of sources Um, between uh, the BBC, Schools Week, and yeah, so I'm going to read from a variety of sources on this. Um, This is what Bramwyn Jeffries said happened uh, today. So she said that, uh, to begin with, uh, Heidi Connor, who was the coroner, uh, started to to summarise and give her report and findings on what happened um she firstly reminded members of the press about the samaritans guidelines and ipso which is why uh, we do not the bbc report the exact details of suicides heidi connor reminded everyone uh, that ruth perry was the head teacher for a primary school and children have access to news heidi connor uh, said that she was very clearly in this matter the family would have been at a disadvantage without lawyers we know that they crowdfunded all the money for this. Uh, That was a well-publicized campaign um, led by uh, the family of Ruth Perry, which I believe raised in, I think it was something like 60,000 pounds or something along those lines was raised in a very short period of time to provide the legal aid for this process. Bramwen then went on and said that And Heidi Connor then went on and said that the scope of the inquest had included detailed consideration of the Ofsted inspection and whether there was a casual link to Ruth Perry's mental health deterioration and death. And then she started to give her verdicts. So to begin with, 
Um, she started to talk about how Ofsted inspections work. She set out the different grades that can be awarded within an inspection and the overall grade. Any of our listeners who are listening back to this, that would be uh, inadequate, requires improvement, good and outstanding. Um, so in the UK, Ofsted inspections are conducted over a two-day period usually. And then at the end of those, a grading is given in a single word judgment. She then explained that for a school like Caversham Primary, an inadequate grade would usually lead to an academization order. Uh, she elaborated on the limiting judgment attached to safeguarding. She set out that a school judged inadequate just on safeguarding would be treated just the same as a school found to be failing in many areas. Um, she says she heard no concerns about anyone but the conduct of the lead inspector, Alan Derry. Mr Derry gave evidence that he received very extensive training, which was continually removed from the moment of the first conversation between Mr Derry and Ruth Perry in the first call. The coroner says there was a difference in interpretation. Mr Derry said Ruth Perry seemed confident on the advance call. Uh, her colleague said afterwards she seemed panicky ahead of the visit. She then moved on. On balance, Heidi Connor says she believed only one person was allowed to attend meetings with Ruth Perry and the lead inspector. She turns to the meetings on the first day in the morning and at lunchtime and the chair with the chair of governors on second day plus final ones. Heidi Connor says day one, the meeting was attended by a colleague, Miss Leroy and Mrs. Perry with the lead inspector. Alan Derry described her as tearful and paused. The coroner says she accepted. Hi, Dave. You OK? Yeah. Hi, you OK? Yeah. I've, I've just started to read through the, um, the, the verdict. I'll continue that in a moment. But I wonder, I know I've got limited time with you. So I just wanted to ask your immediate reaction to the, the coroner's report. Do you know what? I... I, I don't know what I feel. I, th I, I think, if anything, I just feel absolutely gutted um, and, and quite angry that, you know, it, it confirmed what we all knew, that, that Ofsted has, you know, is linked to Ruth Perry's death. You know, it feels really raw. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to consider what, you know, it's just not right. We all know what it does to our own mental health, to that of our colleagues. We have talked about it for such a long time. And and I just hope that that something changes now because I, I I hate you know feeling what it does to me and seeing what it does to my colleagues. You know it, it has to change. You know the, the link is so clear and so strong. You know this part of me wants to turn around. So you know you know they're not coming in until the, there's some changes made. And I appreciate Florida did that and and there was all sorts of things happened you know around that time and you can't do whatever. But it, it's not right. You know something has to change now. If it doesn't change now, then I. I just can't process the idea that nothing will change because it has to. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it's been a long, long process to get to this point for the family, for the friends of the family and so on and so forth. So it is, it is, it could, it should be. There will be those who should say that it should be a monumental moment. This should be a monumental moment in the reform of Ofsted. What do you want to see off the back of this now, uh, um, I, I, I think it should be paused. I think, I think, I mean, I, I don't know whether that would ever happen, but I think it should be paused. I think it should be suspended until things change and systems are put in place to support, 
you know, senior leaders, um, teachers, you know, the, the process for, for deferring or pausing inspections, the supports out there, the, the one-word judgment, it quite clearly needs to change. And, and some of the things that, you know, that Amanda Spielman came out with in, in the, you know, the week leading up to, to the inquest, it's just not okay. We all know that it's not okay. And I think for the first time, the seal has been broken. You know, I've never seen so many people speaking up so openly and courageous. You know, it shouldn't be courageous to speak up about things that we know need to change. Um, yeah, so it just feels really raw. I, just, I, I found myself thinking yesterday on my drive home, Ruth Perry should be on her way home this morning. She should be on her way to school. And and she isn't, you know, family being deprived of a mum, of a wife, you know, a daughter. It's I just can't process it. It's just what we all knew. Sorry, I, I feel really emotional about it all. I feel quite angry and I feel quite gutted about it all. Uh, and you can feel that already. You know, I've only had five or ten minutes to digest it all. Yeah. But you can feel that that outpouring online, something has to change. I hope the union speak up on our behalf. Um, things have never been more tough in schools. We've all got more challenging behaviour. We're all struggling to get access to special needs provision and support and things like that. It's never been tougher. You know, I, I really hope that our unions now, you know, get really involved and say this cannot carry on like it is. Let's stop. Let's regroup. Let's make it a force for good. Let's make the accountability. Nobody denies that we need accountability, but let's do it in a in a meaningful, in a supportive way that that gets rid of the unpredictability, the unfairness of it all. It, it absolutely, I, I can't even comprehend the idea that it won't change because it has to. But do it now, not not when you know more people have left the job, more people as health or our lives have been ruined by it. And, and I don't think I'm over-egging it. Let's let's make the changes now. Do you think that it will happen? Do you think do you think change will happen now, or do you think this is just another? I think thing. I, I, I think it will happen. I think it has to happen. I just hope that it's it's you know it's imminent. You know, pause it now. Just pause it. We've we've quite clearly got evidence of, of the impact that it has on, on on individuals. Pause it now. Regroup. Let's do. Let, let's make it a real force for good. I, I think it has to. I just hope it's done so. You know, much much sooner rather than later, and more people have, have left the profession and more damage has been done. Yeah. Um, what? Because there's been a bit of a build up, I guess, to this. Um, to this coroner's report today that included sort of uh, the, there was the Amanda Spielman interview on BBC Radio 4 there was there's been sort of more noise I guess than than usual leading up to it uh, both in the media and and obviously Amanda Spielman went on Radio 4 as well to talk about this um, do you think that from an Ofsted perspective do you think that they're what's their sort of what are they thinking in this situation now? I wonder whether with a new uh, chief inspector coming in, will they be attempting to sort of brush this one off? I don't, I don't, I don't see how they can. You know, you think of how you, you deal with situations in school or when you're leading something. The right thing, you know, you try to do the right thing and the right thing to do in the in the situation is to pause, you know, I look back on that Woman's Hour interview and the idea that we use in the Ruth Perry, you know, inquest and death is a pivot. I mean, it's, it's, it's disgraceful. It is absolutely mm. appalling. And the idea that, you know, there's a few of us online whipping up the anxiety. Mm. Well, I think we've got quite, you know, quite clearly online, people are speaking up. You know, the the coroner is found out, you know, you, you know, it's, it's said what has happened. I, I just feel like I can't comprehend that this is all, it's what we all yeah. know. Um, you know, the idea that it's just a couple of us whipping up anxiety. No, it's leadership. It's speaking up for, for our colleagues, 
and Frau Skills who are who are really affected by Ofsted and and, and what happens during and, and after it. Sorry, I'm clearly I feel like you you can sense that I'm I'm, I'm I feel really strongly about it. Absolutely, and I'm just trying to process that somebody you know has died linked to Ofsted. Uh, you know, I'm sure on another day I'll be a bit more articulate than I am now, but you can feel it online. You know, there's a real massive emotional outpouring. Yeah that this should never have happened. Yeah, I mean, you say that, um, Dave, in terms of, you know, the feeling online and everything else, but there are those who have defended Ofsted, who've been completely sort of silent on these issues since um, since the the death of Ruth Perry. What, what would you say to those people who almost ha- haven't done anything or said anything or actually the people who've who've defended the inspectorate who've sort of continued to whether inadvertently or directly promote uh offset inspections in their current form what what would your message be to them because you're a head teacher so you, you you know you're in you know you've been in those situations you know what the the what's at stake and you know all those things so what what would your message be to them um i've thought about this um, and normally I'd be a bit more um, vanilla about it. I think they're deluded. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether they're safeguarding their own position, you know, they're thinking further down the line and what they might get out of it. I don't know whether some of them are completely blinkered and, and blind to it. You know, may, maybe that is the case. You know, and, and actually there are lots of good inspectors out there. I have had positive experiences with some brilliant yeah. inspectors who were lovely and who got it. But we cannot allow, you know, the small number of it to, to do the damage that they do. I, I just hope everybody takes it, you know, takes a long, hard look at, at, at things and 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 makes some, you know, just how how has it been allowed to get to this point? We've known this for years. We've known this for absolute years. I just I just hope that the you know the ones who say they want to be a positive force for good, I hope they they are kicking and screaming, saying that we need to do things different. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something like ten. 10 deaths now that have been directly i say been alleged to have been directly attributed i'm not sure if this is the first one though that has that has gone to this sort of level and they've actually said this is it do you know what i mean but 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 it's not just that you know it's how many people are on antidepressants you know i've been quite honest about being being on them at times when we're in the window but how many people have got you know heart conditions you know, I've started monitoring my heart rate variability, my heart rate, and you can see what the job, what it's doing to us. You know, there are so many people affected by being in the window, and and I can see what it does to staff. You know, we don't really talk about offset. We we don't try and game the system. You know, we just want to do the best for the kids. But you can feel it because they want to do a great job, get through offset and whatever. It just it just has to change, doesn't it? It must must. Change. I think we should be saying they can't come in. You know, I, I just like I've said earlier, I hope that our unions, you know, get involved and say that. Yeah. This isn't isn't right. I want to ask you, Dave. Don't feel like you need to answer this. Are you in a union now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm in Askell. Yeah. Right, you're in Askell. Because yeah. there is that sort of, you know, and this is, by the way, this isn't the view of Teachers Thought Radio. This is just my sort of question or, or view coming through here is there will be those who would have said the unions haven't focused enough on, as a collective, on the sort of more let's say radical changes that are needed that that many would say are needed within Ofsted they've complained about inspections and they've said you know inspections cause this but you know the 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 changes we've seen between the death of Ruth Perry and now 
the car, the day of the coroner's report have been piecemeal. They have been, yeah. you know, there are, I, most commentators would say the changes have not been sufficient enough yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this part of me has been, you know, I've been talking about this over the last week. I've been hoping that the unions are waiting for the outcome. And now, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've been very quiet over the last week. I actually think that's been a respectful silence, waiting to find out what the outcome is. And and I hope now that that they, you know, they speak up, they they take some more action. I guess, you know, in terms of over the last couple of years, there's been so many things to deal with within schools. You know, you've had the yeah. rack, the funding, the special needs, yeah. the behaviour, COVID catch up, and you know, are our government up for radical solutions? You know, is is this what is is being needed? I, I don't know, but I, I just have this feeling, this, and it's a hope that the unions now say, do you know what, teachers, people who work in schools, they've got enough on at the moment. Let's pause. Let's let's regroup, rethink, and and, and make it the positive force for change it could be. Yeah, listen, Dave. I know you've got a busy day. Really appreciate you coming on here. Um, yeah, and... no, it's fine. I, I, I'm going to go away and think. God, oh, you know, you got you got the emotional version of Dave, but it's no, I don't. The, I don't you, particularly... you know what it is? Do you know what I think it is? By the grace of God, you know, Ruth Perry could have been me. It could have been one of my friends, one of my family, because I I've sat there with, with colleagues, you know, who who look like a, a a pale shadow of their former self because of of the outcome of an Ofsted or talking about the mental health and, and the issues they face of being in the window, praying for the right inspector. I think that's why, you know, we all feel so strongly about it. It did, could have been one of our loved ones. It, it can't happen again. Did Did you think that the outcome would be what it is today? You know, what were you, ex after seeing um, all the sort of commentary on it, did you expect it to be as strong as it seems to be? I, I, you know, as as the week went on, yeah, I, I did think it was go it was going to be quite strong, but you don't know until that final outcome. And you know, when you get news alerts saying that Ofsted contributed to the death of Ruth Perry, you know, everybody else in the country is getting that. You know, whoever's got news alerts on, they're going to be getting that message, and hopefully, they're speaking up on behalf of the, you know. The, the, the children's schools, you know, it, suddenly it's become it's become okay to talk about it because we feared speaking up, didn't we, for triggering an Ofsted, for get, bringing the school in, it's just repeat, getting into trouble. And the penny dropped a couple of months ago. How can we get into trouble for speaking up for the well-being mm. of our colleagues? It's just Do you madness. think that's been a serious issue in terms of heads, leaders, yeah. you know, even, yeah. even teachers on a granular level yeah. thinking, I better not say anything yeah, publicly it, yeah, or anywhere absolutely. in case my inspection. Yeah, of course. And, the, you know, the idea that, you know, that, you, you know, you're going to feed back negatively when you, you've come out with the outcome you wanted on, on an offset inspection. Absolutely. I, I just think for the first, I got frustrated at the beginning. I put like posts out there, you know, thinking everybody, you know, gets this. They'll understand. We didn't even dare click like on it. And I know that because that used to be me. I, I wouldn't click like on something. Really? I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't repost. Whereas now I, I think, you know, th there is such a strength of feeling now. And I keep saying enough's enough. We're, we're strongly together and all sorts of other cliches like that. But yeah, I think uh, I, th I think this is absolutely damning and, and things must and will change. I just hope it, it's much, much sooner. Was it, was it, the, was it the death of Ruth Perry that, that made you change in your attitude to, to sort of publicly, like you say, clicking repost, clicking like, whatever? Was that, was that the tipping point? Um, I think part of it was speaking up for for my colleagues, you know, both near near and far, you know, head teachers and and colleagues within schools. Um, and and actually, I felt empowered suddenly speaking up because it, it's not okay. How can we get like I said? How can we get in trouble for speaking up for it? It's only what we all know. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just, I just can't believe I'm sat here talking to you about something that should have changed years ago. 
it's just madness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, Dave, um, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, try, try and have a good day. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, Dave. Um, that was uh, Dave uh, McPartlin, who is a head teacher of a primary school um, and has been uh, a vociferous campaigner for Ofsted reform, particularly since the death of Ruth Perry. Now, if you're just joining us, I was just reading through the verdict and the, the finer details of it um, and actually sort of trying to capture some of that for you. So I'm going to continue with that now. Um, I was looking at the first things that Heidi Connor said. She actually moved on and started to talk about um, the there is no written guidance about how to manage head teachers distress in Ofsted materials. Um, and it was suggested by Heidi Connor, the coroner, that inspections can be paused if a head teacher is distressed. She later went on to say that the school and the local authority were not aware of that. Um, so that was an interesting point that was made by Heidi Connor that, you know, uh, Ofsted said that inspections could be paused, but no one really knew they could be. Um, by the way, welcoming everybody in, if anybody wants to actually join this conversation, please do. I think the more people we hear from, the better today. So if you want to click that little button in the bottom left, the request to speak button, um, then please do and join this conversation. But in the meantime, I'm going to carry on reading through and trying to summarise some of these points in the in the in the um, the verdict today. So, um, Heidi Connor said, "Quote: It is clear there is no training or guidance in this respect. So, uh, th there's no training or guidance given on pausing inspections." Um, that's what Heidi Connor said. Uh, I've now got the wonderful Stephen Tierney joining me. Stephen, what is your, I know you haven't had a chance to read through, if you want to unmute bottom left on your screen. Um, I know you probably haven't had time to read through the full extent of this, but what is your immediate reaction? Hopefully you can click unmute on the bottom left of your screen if you're on a phone. Let me try unmuting you. Oh, I can't. Okay, well, we'll come back to you in a second. Hopefully, I can uh, I can unmute you in a bit. Um, also got Mike as well, who's uh, who's hopefully coming in and joining us. Um, I'll I'll just read through a bit more this, this bit about the training materials. Uh, there's no training or guidance on pausing inspections. Um, and to quote what Bramwin Jeffries, BBC editor, said just earlier, she said neither the school or the lo local authority were aware a pause was a possibility. In fact, the inspection team was not likely to be aware, says Heidi Connor. Um, she says this is indeed a mythical creature, quote, created and elaborated on uh, in Ofsted. Um, uh, she then moved on to the, the secrecy around draft judgments. Uh, she said it was clear Ruth Perry thought she could not talk to anyone even a mental health professional, and quotes from a recorded conversation where Ruth talked about the inhumane system. Uh, the senior coroner then turned to the local authority who were present today and talked about the power imbalance between them and a primary school and Ofsted. Um, and there's a quote here, and I'm not sure from Bramwin's commentary who this is from, but it says, no one wished to rock the Ofsted boat. 
um, there was a desire to not make things worse for all Reading schools. And I guess that sort of touches on what Dave McPartlin was just saying to me a, a few minutes ago. This idea they didn't want to rock the boat because it might impact the judgments that they might receive in the future, which is incredible. Uh, it's not incredible in the sense they think that, but it is a written confirmation of the fear and the and the uh, the impact, if you like, of this this judgment system. In that, the council and other people thought we we better stay quiet because you know because otherwise this could impact our future inspection grades. Uh, that seems to be the implication. I welcome any other commentary on it. Um, I'm going to continue reading through all this, by the way, in the course of this space, but I'll just bring in Mike, who's been waiting very patiently. Mike, do you have anything to say on this? You can unmute in the bottom left. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, do you know what I do? I do. I, I, yeah. um, so roof passing really touched me in in many other ways so whenever I hear of anyone anyone's passing in, in this manner it really hits to my core um for various personal circumstances which had happened in, in a previous life but i think roofs one and you mentioned the other nine deaths which have been allegedly caused by uh, the pressure of offset um this one really got to me and i, I couldn't let this one go in terms of processing and just wondering how and why this happened i'm i'm a um i'm a director of music yeah. at a school and um i also worked in other schools where i've worked quite closely with slt as, as as a music teacher does in terms of what we we do um and i've seen many different um i've seen kind of this the spectrum if you will of inspections i've i've seen the best of the best and the worst of the worst and I'm really glad we're having this conversation. And if anything, from this inquest, I am absolutely 1000% committed, hoping that this will make a change, not only for not only for the head teachers who are obviously under an immense amount of pressure, but for those helping them to support them. And also, like you say, get us out of this bubble, like thinking that Ofsted are the be all and end all and we have to curtail to them because if if we go against them it will be worse and it's just such a shame that has taken Ruth's passing for this conversation to start and, and 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 for the widespread media um attention i just i wish it wasn't that case and i wish ruth could have been here to contribute to this to 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 change the system but um just reading the inquest and reading all of the notes that have been sent on twitter and online it just absolutely uh there are no words i'm yeah I'm so really I, just just to cut in that um uh, brownwin jeffries has just messaged me to say that tonight there's going to be a 30 minute um film available on bbc iplayer um about today so that's going to be published tonight on bbc iplayer it's going to be a 30 minute uh, documentary essentially on on what's gone on so definitely stay tuned for that she's also um asked me to point everyone to the notes that are available and she's just literally published these uh, on her x account about six minutes ago it's also on the bbc website and the title is inadequate and it's ruth perry's notes uh from the inspection itself so 
I haven't had a chance to read these yet. I don't know if anybody has. Have you read them, Mike? I, I haven't read them yet. No, no. Well, thank you for bringing them to my attention. I, I haven't, but I, I certainly will. Certainly will by today. Yeah, they're there anyway. And um, oh dear, I'm just, I'm just having a quick look now. Um, you know, they've highlighted some of the statements in her notes. Uh, so she said things like, "I wake from I wake from restless sleep, absolutely panic stricken." She says, "I'm sorry that I've let you down." In one of the notes, uh, she says, "The pain inside is intolerable." In one of her notes. She says, I've not been able to find any joy in Christmas preparations. I walk into a shop and cannot face buying anything in her notes. This is appalling story. It really is appalling. And do you know what? Dave made a really good point a few moments ago when he said that this is happening to, this is happening to lots of different people. Um, absolutely tragic what happened to Ruth Perry. This is happening to other people now. Other people now... Yeah going through these same experience that's absolutely clear from all the surveys from the unions and from everybody else it's clear that these things are are happening now nothing has changed so um anyway i've got um hannah and ross mike thank you so much stay on as a speaker feel free to, I, I might pop back to you if you're still here um thank to you. sort of share thoughts so do stay on um i'll go to ross ross are you there hey tom Hi, how are you? Yeah, I, I, I'm personally okay. Um, just reading all the stories, yeah. you know, but I guess for everyone else listening, you know, I, I, I left the teaching profession simply because my last school was put in special measures. And I, I guess, you know, looking at Ruth's story, I, I, I'm still here, I suppose, to put it bluntly. Um, you, you'll know I published uh, on my blog just this weekend, two audio files that I recorded at the time when our school went through special measures. And I won't necessarily go into the details of all the other staff around me, but essentially my leadership team disappeared uh, pretty swiftly. Uh, and having been in this position before, uh, I decided time was, you know, it was time to look after myself and do something differently. Um, so I, I'm not surprised by anything that's being published uh, and just looking at the the notes here on on the website uh, published from Ruth's diary yeah it's an absolute tragedy um but i'm not i'm not surprised and it will happen again and i know you know the statistics you know 5 10% of schools in that kind of sharp end of the wedge uh, it will continue to happen and i I guess we've got this difficult question to ask, you know, outside of the teaching profession, but for parents, you know, politicians or whoever, is do we still want to grade schools and I guess we'll determine if this is a reliable method for judging quality of education? Because you're going to get a lot of people say yes, a lot of people that say no, and whatever end up, whatever system we end up with, uh, there is a consequence for teacher mental health. Uh, and we, it's a hard job, full stop. But then when you've got this enormous pressure on the shoulders of one person at the top, um, I don't think, you know, it doesn't matter what you could pay someone. You know, I'd never... There was one reason why I didn't step up to headship. Yeah. So without rambling on, um, it's just a tragedy. And it's sad that it's taken Ruth Perry's death to get to this point where 
we've mm. got national attention on the issue. You know, and just to remind everyone else, you know, Estins have just abandoned grades last academic year. There's been no outcry. There's been no drop in standards over in Wales. ISAM's the Church of England body who have a million kids in their schools, abandoned it last year too. Uh, some of our highest performing systems in the world, Singapore and Finland, they have inspections, but they don't publish grades to the general public. And they, you know, look at the PISA, ta PISA tables, you know, if you believe in all that stuff, published this week. Um, we, we've got we've got some important things to do. So, you know, Martin Oliver coming in in January, fingers crossed. Um, but it's, you know, um, I, I've read this for a long time, a lot of the research on offset since I went through this myself, and it was tra it was traumatic. Um, but digging into legislation, it's quite simply Ofsted can, Ofsted's HMCI can choose how to report to the government. And that's all it says in the legislation published in 1992. I've read every word. That's what it says. So currently Ofsted choose to report in the grade in fashions and Wilshire before chose his terminology and all sorts of things. So it's a choice and it's a political decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, stay there, Ross, if you can. Um, but if not, don't, don't worry about it. Um, I'm just going to go and see if we can get Stephen uh, on. Stephen, if you want to try unmuting yourself. Hi, Tom. I think I might have sorted it now. Yeah. Apologies. You're there. Um, what, I know you haven't had a chance to read through, like everyone else, the full extent of this. I mean, I've read various different accounts of what was said um, from the BBC, from Schools Week and all these other people. What's your initial reaction to this whole thing um there's one of just immense sadness it's a little bit like ross was saying um in terms of why did we have to come to this point you know what why is it that people are, are if you like losing their lives because there's no bringing ruth back no matter what happens what change we see um there's no bringing back that person the loss that that family must be feeling at the minute yeah. um is there and it's it's about how do we try and get some good out of the bad? Um, because, you know, you look at this situation and you struggle sometimes to see what is good in it. And and, and, and I do struggle, but maybe there's some good that could come out of it. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's there's not much I can do for the family. You know, they, they will cope with their loss. And, and I think that they have shown... Um, you know, just such a, a depth of understanding of the, the issues and a dignity in what they've done throughout, but also a persistence uh, that was important as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just on the point of what will change now, what what would you like to happen now, Stephen, from your perspective? R right now, I mean. Um, I, I think there's a number of things. I'm, I'm not convinced, and, and I think there's been a level of, of hubris from Ofsted as an organisation, almost since its inception in some ways, but, but some of the comments recently. And I would just urge people to stay away from individuals who work for Ofsted and to think about it as an organisation. The, the issues are systemic. Um so, so it, it, it's not about the, the, the individuals and we mustn't be in a situation where I think we're putting unnecessary pressure or making comments about the individuals. It's about the organisation. And I think... There would be those, though, Stephen, who would say that you make a choice to work for Ofsted. So, uh, therefore, uh, the moment you make a choice to do that, at whatever level you're at, yeah. inspector, chief inspector, whatever, uh, you, you're I making think... a choice, you're making an active choice. 
I do, but Tom, could you imagine if something happened to one of those people, one of those individuals? And it's almost like, whilst accepting people made choices. Ah, you're talking you know, about, sorry, you're talking about the specific team who, who carried out this inspection. Is that? Yeah, sorry, I didn't make that. Because I, I yeah. didn't pick that up. Sorry, I understand what you're saying more now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I just think that, you know, great care is needed. But I'm I'm not convinced that Ofsted can reform itself. I, I think that I think there's got there's going to have to be a white. So if we leave it to Ofsted, I don't think much will happen. They'll play around the edges. There's something much more systemic. So what could people do now? Well, if we go back a number of years, and it's it's kind of three years ago now, I think uh, possibly approaching four. One of the things that we called for is for people to just pause Ofsted. And part of the pausing off study is sometimes you just need space to think and reflect and, and, and to go through some of those proposals. So there's loads of people who are currently in schools who are working for Ofsted and they might just say, well, I'm just going to pause and, and make myself unavailable for six or 12 months. Mm. Now, partly because of how I feel about this situation, but partly because I know that that will lead when they haven't got enough inspectors to do the work to people having to think. And, and there's certain things. I've always been clear. We need the level of accountability that we get from that external scrutiny. What that is, is the debate. And so things like safeguarding, and that was central to this, it is not an inspection issue. It's an audit issue. And so we need to think about aspects of this. And this, this goes back to what Heads Round Table were saying four or five years ago. And the beauty of working for Heads Round Table um, and, 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 and working with the people there is partly you got different thinking, but partly we could just say things. We could, you know, we didn't have to think about whether we were representing people or an organization that, that needed to be working with secretaries of states and ministers and all the rest of it. We could just say, this is what we think. And this is what we think from our positions. Yeah. Um, and, and so this issue of thinking through how do we ensure people are safeguarded and to be blunt, somebody coming in for what amounts to probably about 12 working hours every three or four years is just an utterly inadequate way to think about safeguarding. It's a continual iterative process of internal scrutiny, allied with some external scrutiny, you know, issues identified that need to be resolved, those done in a timely way, people coming back and more internal scrutiny and external scrutiny. And there's processes, if you think about financial audits, which many of us will be familiar with, there's processes that we put in place as a as a trust for the three schools within the trust. Going back, I, I found a block from 2015 where we had the local authority coming into the trust, looking at our work on safeguarding and making recommendations to us, which went to governors and then we reacted and responded on them and then they came back. And that to me, so, so there's things that if we give space to think, we can actually do something about. Mm. Ross, I'll just nip back to you on what Stephen said, if you've got any further sort of comment on, on what he said. I mean, in terms for yourself, in terms of what, what the way forward should now be with Ofsted, what should happen to Ofsted? Need to unmute Ross if you're still there. There you are. Yeah. Um, in, in what regard? Just generally, I mean, what Stephen well, said Well, what there... should happen? Should, should, should Ofsted be abolished? Should it be replaced? Should it be paused? Should it be reformed you know what 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 is your view not not what everyone's view is but what what's your personal view okay well on this uh, you know as you can imagine I've, I've thought very deeply about this and gone through all the trauma mm. um 
and you know Ruth Perry's um, story. Uh, I, I know not just myself. There's been many people messaging behind the scenes. It's brought yeah. a lot of trauma back for other people that have experienced an inadequate and special measures inspection too, and been forced out of the system. Um, so my views have changed actually. So. Uh, there's always been an inspection system. I think records go back a good couple of hundred years, actually. Um, you know, and there's a lot of money spent and we've got 8.8 .8 million kids in our system and half a million teachers and taxpayer money and all sorts of things. So we need to have something. But we need uh, an intelligent version of what we currently have. Um, uh, so I, I think for me, ultimately, we need the grading to be reformed. Um, I don't know exactly what that would look like, but I've always speculated around the kind of good or not yet good and at least a kind of benchmark or something like that. Um, as Stephen mentioned about the safeguarding, you know, it's, I think that should be an annual process, but it could perhaps be a desktop check, check rather than a, a deep and you know, part of a complex inspection. When you say desktop check, what do you mean by that? Well, there's certain things you can do on, 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 you know, remotely and, you know, website checks and things like that and logging in with someone through a remote connection such as Zoom or Teams. And then you'll have the physical process where you come in and do your deep dives and pop into classrooms. But there's a lot of kind of desk paperwork things that can be checked, you know, um, you know, your DBS kind of records and all those kind of things. Um, I, I, trying to kind of go into you know people have to remember that it's not just schools you know we've got early year settings nurseries uh children in social care uh, prisons apprenticeship providers local authorities and now initial teacher training so there's a a massive beast of a system beyond schools and all those settings too also go through currently the same methodologies in some shape or format and also the same grading process so you know in our network we're talking about teacher circumstances i suspect there'll be the same conversations that happen in terms of workload and mental health and reliability in those other industries too within the umbrella of ofsted's remit mm. um so yeah so what uh, do you want you start and tell me well, what you're what right. Okay. Well, what do I want? Uh, well, that is a good thing. So I, I think we need to increase Ofsted funding, first of all, because they, they're underfunded. Their budget's gone down dramatically. So their resources are more thinly spread. Um, I think there needs to be a, a larger number of inspectors available to support schools. There need to be qualified counsellors and psychologists as part of the inspection process. Um, I think School leaders also need to be part of that. I think conflicts for interest also have to be managed. Um, I've mentioned the desktop safeguarding check, uh, the, 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 the kind of ref reformation of gradings, perhaps thematic inspections. You know, when I qualified 20 odd five years ago, it was a six week process. Someone was with you for a week. Uh, and it was, a, and by the end, you were kind of not best friends, but you really understood yeah. each other's other circumstances. And it was an entirely different process. And you left knowing exactly what you needed to do. And it wasn't as threatening. Um, you know, and I was a very young teacher then. So whether the kind of headaches behind the scenes of leadership, I don't, I couldn't comment on that. Uh, a couple of other things, I suppose, just to finish, um, you know, that MOT period. So, you know, when I take my car in to get fixed, I get some kind of warnings and I can get some advisories and I get a period of time to fix it before I get another inspection before that final grade. So, you know, something that that could happen. Uh, when I met Sean Harford, you know, going back to 2014, we were talking then about 
a collaborative hub network. That's still not happened. We've got Ofsted conducting its own research and, you know, measuring itself and publishing its own findings. So, you know, the kind of tail wagging the dog kind of system we, we're getting into. Um, so the geographics and the hubs need to be looked at again. Uh, Ofsted also have, uh, they also have a purpose to serve illegal schools. There's a, a, a network of this across our country. We still mm -hmm. have 100,000 plus uh, students not on official registers. We don't know where they are and we're in a first world country. So we need inspection in some shape or form. So, you know, back in the day, I would have called for an absolute abolition of Ofsted, but I've softened a little bit as my research and lens has got a bit wider. But I, I guess the final point is the progress measures, you know, constantly measuring apples and pears and then comparing. It's just not very reliable, but I guess we have to do something um, yeah. on that one. Uh, and that probably needs another conversation. Yeah, Ross, thanks so much. Um, I'm going to go to Hannah now next. Um, Hannah, any thoughts on anything regarding the Ruth Perry verdict? Um, I was. I just want to say a big shout out to the chap, I've forgotten his name now, who did the whole entire kind of chat and descriptions every day of what was going on it, it was oh that's Edmund yeah. that is that is Edmund it was, it was yes, like being in the room and, and kind of the things he was saying like and like you said earlier about the whole point of we didn't know that you could stop an inspection but it was kind of insinuated that actually you kind of just take that person out of the equation and continue on with somebody else and you don't want to put that onto your team so you kind of power through it and I just think that I really hope that Ofsted don't just kind of go oh, let's have some mental health training for the staff so they're more responsive. Mm -hmm. And that's all that changes. I think it needs to be a much bigger mm -hmm. change to that. Like somebody has lost their life and it's time for teachers to kind of find their voice and say how it needs to change. It needs to be a better system. This, 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 the, what is there just doesn't work anymore. And this is the point where it has to change. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins, <laughs> big conversations, budding aspirations. Our goal? To make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together. Ticket off your Christmas list today. Get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Well, you say it has to change. That There will still be, I'm sure, you know, who knows what's going to happen now. Um, the, the, you know, in the last year, very little has changed so far um so i don't know whether this is going to finally be something that actually drives change um so it will be interesting to see that there will be those out there who will say nothing's going to change it 
regardless of what's going to happen. There will be those out there who are actually saying we don't want it to change. I think Dave sort of touched on this earlier as a head teacher, saying that he was saying that some people still get a lot out of the system. Um, and, you know, and that could be a bit of a problem um, is that, you know, but, but I, yeah, I'll, I don't really know what's going to happen next with this. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see because it is landmark. I think I mentioned earlier that 10 people or something like that have um, have died. They alleged as a result of Ofsted inspections since they began, something like that. Lots of leaders, people. And I think this is the first time where it's actually come out in this way. And it's actually been linked directly to an Ofsted inspection on, you know, a sort of, I don't know if legal basis is the right word, but an official basis, let's say, you know. And I think the Amanda Spillman kind of women's hour chat just shows how out of touch they were with the effect that they're having. And that's the thing that everyone's kind of really responded to, that they're just they just haven't got a clue that they, they've had this effect on. And it's not just her, it's so many teachers. Mm, absolutely. Um, uh, Mike, I wonder whether you wanted to throw anything else into this chat. Um, by the way, anybody listening now, we've got quite a few. If you would like to get involved in this conversation, and Tom, I do apologise, I couldn't connect you up there. Well, I was going to, but I think you've got you're probably going to have to teach. Um, so uh, sorry for that. Um, but anybody else who wants to join in, uh, just click the little icon in the bottom left-hand side um, and you can get involved in this conversation. We are, of course, talking about the verdict from the coroner's report into Ruth Perry, which came out a couple of hours ago. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this will be available as a podcast, of course, to listen back to as well um, later on today. Mike, do you have any further thoughts on this? Yeah, just listening to everyone's contributions, and it was it was it's great to hear everyone's point of view about sh should the current system be scrapped or should it not? And I mean, going back to um, I've forgotten who mentioned it, but saying that there are people that get a lot out of the system. My argument to that is well, ten people have died allegedly as a result of this so if they are getting a lot out of it at what price do we pay to keep it as it is it's it's for, for me one death is too many and if it's if it's 10 that that we are we've gone beyond the point of uh speculation and now drastic action needs to be changed my other point was um it's all well and true kind of us talking about this as educators i think this message and I think the need for change and the need to change how schools are inspected and making them a lot more uh, fairer in terms of the people that work in the schools is appealing to the hearts and minds of the public and the parents and the policymakers. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we need to show the, the people outside of education, you know, we are working within the system. You know, we have all these day-to-day -day issues that we experience often every term we need to let people understand that this system is absolutely not working and we need people on our side to understand this and also to rally to make changes not abolish because i agree that there should be some form of in inspection system which is robust but also helpful considerate and empowering and that change needs to come from not only us, but for people on the outside too, to say, hey, 
we cannot have this. We cannot have the the educators that serve the country's children go through anything close to this. Because I, I don't know about you, but no, no job is worth this. No job is worth your life, your well-being. It really isn't. When I started training, you know, I knew it was going to be a tough profession, but never to the point where you really have to consider things like, I need to leave this profession because if I don't, something might happen. And that's absolutely dis disgusting. No job is worth it. No job is worth it. So I think appealing to people on the outside and letting them know what's going on and for them to put the, the right kind of pressure in order to make the changes that we know could have a better impact on how we can best serve uh, our students but also best serve the education community is is absolutely paramount uh, uh, yeah absolutely um i mentioned earlier that the notes um Ruth perry's own notes have been published by the bbc um if you want to find those um they're pinned by the education editor at the bbc bronwyn jeffries on x so if you want to have a read of those notes they, they really are i mean trigger warning on it um because i've just read bits of it and it is it is it is awful uh to be fair it's absolutely awful um there's no other words really to to describe the things she's written down and how she was obviously feeling and and all these different things and the family and how they were reading it and it's just just terrible and i suppose the the, the question is what 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 do ofsted want to have i mean what i don't understand in this yet and i suppose nobody does really know right now but you know what, what's amanda spielman thinking what what is the ofsted leadership thinking of, in this situation are there are they has she changed her view that people in the profession are using this as a pivot to criticize ofsted to quote her um or you know does she still stand by that view is, is has she changed the view is it you know maybe we're not going to hear anything because she is departing as chief inspector um, presumably a lot of the leadership, I know Chris Russell, the national director, is also moving on. So there is a change in personnel. And, you know, I've seen people criticising that online, saying, you know, the reason they're changing the personnel is so they can move this this tragedy away from the next set of leaders and then hopefully carry on as if nothing has happened. So there are, I don't know what's going to happen next, Mike, you know. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure the political ramifications of, of all of this. And um, it's, you know, it's quite disheartening to to think that there that's kind of going to be the plan in terms of what could potentially happen. I would hope that there'll be enough humanity in the organization to at least admit their culpability of all of this that as as the inquest has, has uh, came out with, but also just say, OK, now we perhaps now we do need to change um i'm i'm pretty certain that all of the things that have happened in terms of how often are perceived and and all the effects that have had on education i'm pretty certain that this isn't deliberate i think people have gone and decided how things should be in the best best of intentions what they perhaps i feel like they may be guilty of is not at listening historically to the educators and the people who are working on the ground and giving them the feedback in which they could take and amend like we all do as educators. We take feedback and we're always refining what we do. I sincerely hope that 
they look at this and they can also take a look at themselves and say, right, well, how can we do this better? And if it's a case of, um, if it's a case of highlighting and publishing that the inspections can stop at any moment if there is any duress, fine. Yeah, because I mean, that was a key part, I thought, of the feedback mm. today from the coroner was that the local authority, the school, you know, Ruth Perry herself, the SLT, no one knew that the inspection could be paused. Um, no one really had any concept of that. Um, and I think that's a key thing, isn't it? That's a key part mm. of it. Um, that, you know, we think back to events earlier this year when, you know, the Flora Cooper school bit, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah. where, you know, and, and other uh, head teachers basically saying, you know, can we stop Ofsted from coming in? Can we, you know, do X, Y, Z? Well, you know, according to what we've heard today, yes, they can. They, they can request a pause of an inspection uh, if there are circumstances like this happening. Um, but the one thing, and this is my personal view here coming into it, um, not the view of, of TTR, this is, this is Tom. Um, and as much as I like, Ross, what you were saying, a lot of what you were saying, I, yeah, it sounds great. My question is, unless we do something radical, I feel like the core things, the gradings, the, you know, the really core parts of, of, of it at the moment, they need to change. And unless there's a real radical sort of uh, slice down the middle of Ofsted, you know, to really change it and reform it, just feel like it's, it's just going to be piecemeal changes. But that might be my cynicism talking and my reaction to maybe the way things have gone up to this point that makes me think that. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, only because I think people have battled for change a long time before the death of Ruth Perry. People were, people were still battling for changes in the way things were done. We had a new inspection framework. We had you know all these different things changes in leadership whatever but ultimately think the core things around offset inspections have remained what they've always been which is the forward judgments the two-day inspection the 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 windows if you like however long those windows have been you know those things have, have always been there so it will be interesting to see on the back of this verdict what changes we've got a few minutes left if anybody else wants to share their view at this point, then just click the little button in the bottom left, the, the little mic button um, to to get involved in this conversation. Tonight at 7.30, uh, again, on Spaces, same location, we've got Brent Poland and Adam Spence, who will be drilling down into the verdict from the coroner in much more detail than we've done in the last hour. Um, so if you want to tune into that, that's 7.30 tonight um, on TTR, live on Spaces. So you can just go to the... Uh, the TTR official uh, account, which you're on now, and then um, you can listen from 7.30 to them, sort of drilling down into the finer details of what the coroner has said, the implications, the legacy that could come about because of this. As I said earlier, there's been lots and lots of, of, of tragedies relating to Austin inspections, but I think this is the first time that it's been, it's received this a this amount of attention but b it's got to the level it's got to where there has actually been a coroner's report and the coroner's report has judged that the Ofsted inspection uh contributed towards this person's this person's death so i i think it's unprecedented um 
we have got one more speaker coming in so i'll just see if this person wants to connect if they can it looks like it's saying connecting on there so maybe not uh oh yeah yeah uh hello uh it's london something london do you want to say something on this just need to unmute bottom left should be a little button bottom left uh, that allows you to unmute there we go apologies uh, first time into one of these uh, discussions and it's no it's very absorbing um great listen um we've been quite involved in ofsted um albeit remotely not least with the primary p in sport premium but reading into this and obviously you know um the focus on ruth perry and let's not forget the uh, at least about another nine cases uh, that have been reported of senior leaders who uh, sadly, um, um, uh, how can I put it, um, uh, gave their lives as a result of... Have lost their lives. Lost, lost their, lives. their lives. That's a, a far better way of putting it. What I feel is kind of missing from this conversation slightly is that Ofsted is a, is a quango. It's a government quango. So at what point should the DfE and the government have some responsibility over this? Mm. Well, well, quite. I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, the, the sort of, I wouldn't call them defenders of Ofsted, but the people who have sort of tried to, if you like, keep the status quo have pointed to the fact that, and, and Spielman said this herself, she said, we can't reform ourselves it has to come from government it has to come from the department of education yeah. now i don't again personal view only here i don't necessarily buy that in the sense of if ofsted went cap in hand to the dfe and said we need to change and here is our proposal to change then i think the dfe would would probably go along with it in some way shape or form what's actually happening is ofsted are saying you know, from from what we're seeing anyway, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but, you know, we are getting a lot of stuff from Ofsted of saying we're quite happy with the way things are working. Um, and then the DfE are thinking, well, if Ofsted are happy with it, th then it puts the emphasis on the DfE to then have to take an action almost against Ofsted rather than with Ofsted. Mm -hmm. And that's so I think you are correct in saying that what you're saying is that you know, the DfE would need to change this. They're the ones who need to shut Ofsted down. They're the ones who might need to reform or pause Ofsted or whatever. You know, it's the DfE who would need to do that. But again, you know, it's almost like saying, I'm trying, I always think of sort of, um, you know, it's almost like a football club. They, they've got a, you know, thinking of an analogy with the Premier League and, and football clubs. It's like the football clubs have a responsibility as well. And, mm. and, you know, it's not just the Premier League. It's the football clubs themselves have a responsibility to the profession, to the footballing profession. A little bit like Ofsted saying, Ofsted surely have a responsibility to the profession which they serve. And I think it's interesting to coin things in that way. Ofsted as a server of the profession rather than a sort of a punitive body. They, they should be helping the profession supporting the profession serving the profession whereas you know many critics would say that their role has dwelt way beyond that and it's almost become something that it shouldn't be so i don't know what you think of all of that well i, I just generally reading around ofsted's behavior 
uh, I mean, other elements that come into play, we're clearly looking at past and present appointments that are politically motivated. Um, and the issue we have with that, I mean, Spielman's own background is is hardly rooted to education uh, before she took, took on this appointment. Um, and I don't need to tell you and I don't need to tell your listeners because there's plenty of information in the open domain that uh, there are other business agendas um, taking place where inspection is concerned, not least um, um, the culture of um, further conversion to uh, multi-academy trusts. Um, so when it comes to the fact that far greater aspects of education, such as health and well-being, are concerned, they are not, um, despite what other what assertions Ofsted would make, they're not front and 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 ahead of um, inspection concerns whatsoever, and you can tell that by the the quality of the reportage within various schools' um, reports. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the reports themselves, we can see so many examples in barely anything in them. Well, yeah, I mean, the the thing that was interesting a few weeks ago, somebody posted. Um, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted, oh, I think it was Sarah, actually, who was on TCR, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sarah posted a section from an Ofsted report, and it was a it was a narrative from an Ofsted report. And then she asked people to guess the judgment the school got. 85%, something like that, maybe even 90 didn't guess correctly at what judgment that school got. In fact, the school was rated requires improvement. Every, I think 80, 85% of people thought that it was going to say that the school was good. So sometimes the narratives don't match up. Obviously, Ofsted came out a few weeks ago, Amanda Spielman on Radio 4. She said that 80, I think it's something like 89%, Ross will correct me on this, he probably knows better than me. It's something like 89% of schools are currently rated good or better. So it's almost like you sort of, I guess, one of the defences that, that maybe Ofsted and others might use is, well, if so many schools are good or better, therefore, that's sort of an argument the system's working. They're saying there's more yeah. good and outstanding schools, so therefore, the system is working better, right? I'd love to, I'd love to see a break breakdown of those local maintained schools rated good, outstanding, compared to the, the, the mats. I really would. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, is is you know that that sort of another issue is the politicisation. I'm, I'm, I'm not anti mat at all. I mean, it's just the fact that there is definitely a political agenda taking place behind the scenes here, um, and does that therefore have ramifications for a level playing field, and and being fair on all the head teachers being observed. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really, really good point. Um, we've got Rupert in. Rupert, do you want to share your sort of thoughts and reaction on the Ruth Perry inquest verdict? Just need to unmute bottom left on your screen. 
Oh, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, Rupert, if you're, are you on a mobile phone? Rupert, you need to be on a mobile phone through the X app um, if you want to actually be able to speak. Um, if you are on that already, then just click the unmute button. If you're not, uh, you can pop back out and come back into the space if you want and then share your your thoughts on things. Um, welcome, everybody, by the way. You're listening to Teachers Talk Radio, and we will publish this discussion as a podcast. So if you do listen to podcasts, give us a follow on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to them. Um, and you can you can download this podcast and, and listen back if you want to catch up on the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes or whatever it was. We've had um, Stephen Tierney, a uh, former member of the Education Roundtable, or Head Teachers Roundtable, uh, has been on. We've had Ross, who's, who's still here, I think. Um, we've had Hannah. We've had, uh, yeah, we've had seven or eight sort of contributors to the discussion. Uh, of course, it would be lovely to hear from you. Um, and also, London. London, what is your real name? What's your first name? I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that? I'm Giles. Giles. Well, Giles, you've made sorry, it very... I, I had a mouthful of sushi. That's on, okay. This made... my, my lunch break. <laughs> very pertinent point. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you want to join the conversation, you just have to click the little icon in the bottom left, um, request to speak. And then we can um, we can hopefully get you in. To do that, you need to be on a mobile phone through the X app. Of course, you are welcome to just listen to this, as many of you have been um, since the beginning. Um, and that's absolutely fine. But if you would like to have your say, then you can do by clicking that icon in the bottom left. And we will bring you in as a speaker just to finish off. We've got a little bit of time left. We sort of... This conversation's flowed so much that it's just, yeah, I mean, we could talk about this all afternoon and probably all night. I know Brent and Adam will be on at 7.30 tonight. So if you feel like you can't chat now, but you'd like to chat about this later, then definitely tune into that 7.30 tonight. It'll be in exactly the same place on X Spaces here. Um, Ross, is that you unmuting yourself? Yes, I just wanted to say, I guess, one, you know, one final point from me. Yeah. It's, it's politics, pure and simple, you know, Absolutely. power and influence. You, you you break down England by its local authorities and you've got all your MPs representing. Yep. Um, you know, if I was a local MP and I could say since I've been in power, I've got, you know, seven more schools that are good or outstanding because of our policy decisions, then it's mm. uh, an easy thing to say. And obviously when you move the benchmarks and then again say, oh, since we did X, we've now got even more. Uh, and all sorts. It's a, just a nice, easy win for politicians. Um, and I think this is the nub of the, you know, some of the things I said earlier about how we should reform Ofsted uh, in the future, you know, breaking it down into what is the thing that just keeps reoccurring time and time again. It is that grading methodology. Yeah, and absolutely. so it has to go, it has to come up to Parliament. It has to be a discussion on every MP. So people might be listening to this or it might be spread a bit widely, you know, right into local MPs, all those kind of things. I think it's important to remember, um, you know, Ofsted doesn't belong to the government, it's or, or even the Department for Education. It belongs to all of us. So whether you're a teacher, a parent, a student, or whatever it might be, we, we all have a right to express our opinions. And Ofsted sometimes tries to you know, shut down that noise online and say that we're trying to spread anxiety and all those. But, you know, mm. the case of Ruth Perry, my own and lots of other people out there who have lived the sharp end of the wedge. You know, it's very difficult for people who've not had that lived experience to understand where we're coming from. Um, but, you know, the essence of democracy is hearing everyone's points of view, you know, that freedom to think differently and openly. And, you know, if we want a genuine 
transformative inspection system that doesn't instill fear, bullying and all those kind of things, then we need to be honest and we need to dig deep and look hard at how do we currently reform what we've currently got. You know, 8.8 million kids, 22,000 schools, you know, prisons and all those kind of other areas that Ofsted are responsible for. How do we hold the education system to account as taxpayers? How does Ofsted report back accurately and reliably to mm. the wider kind of society and to government and again there's things that they can and can't do or want to do um i think that's an important question to us all and it's a big it's a big ask um yeah. but i think if we break it down into what is the biggest thing that drives all this kind of marketization and competition and yeah. conflicts or interests it's the grades um so for me my final point uh, it's got to be looked at again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Rupert, hopefully you're connected now. Uh, with a bit I, of I am. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, can hear you. Great. So, um, sorry about that. I'm sorry to, to come in a little late. I've been trying to absorb everything, and um, so I'm not yeah. aware of what of everything you've said before. My apologies. Well, we've, we've um, essentially what we've done so far is just talked about the verdict. We've we've sort of outlined the key points from it. Um, everyone can read those anyway via BBC Schools Week, Tez, any anywhere. Yeah. Um, but we've basically been talking about those and getting people's reaction really to it. So, so what's your reaction, Rupert? Sure. To, uh, to I, I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm pleasantly surprised by the strength of the finding, um, the, the, the sheer existence of. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear yeah, loudly? Yeah. Just the existence of neutral enough systems of thought and accountability to be able to come to this decision in a way that isn't directly shaped by government voices and government interests and how rare those spaces are within education at the moment. This is a very rare sort of wake up call, as it were, to the teaching profession from outside a very small range of voices that get to speak with authority on what's happening in education. So I welcome it um, from that perspective, however hard it's been for all of those involved. Do you think, though, Rupert, because you mentioned sort of politics and whatever, and I, I can't presume to know your sort of own personal politics, but with Labour's sort of, uh, you know, ideas, let's call them, about a report card, you know, is, is this sort of just circling round? You know, is this more a wider political problem and a systemic problem rather than a, a Conservative Party problem? I, I, I think so. I mean, I think... You know, if you go back to the 1980s, 1990s reforms through which, you know, the curriculum was formed through which Ofsted and its predecessors were formed, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you have that an intense period. But really the pressure to perform and to narrow and um, both, both narrow the criteria for performance and increasingly to centralise um, the focus on what should be studied through the literacy and numeracy strategies, for example, which continue to profoundly shape primary schools today. Um, you know, it's been ongoing through all governments for the last 40 years. Um, and th there is a there is a moment, there is a possibility and a moment here to step back and think about what the moral purpose is of schools. Um, I'm part of the reason I, I asked to speak was, I'm, you know, I'm currently writing. I'm, I'm an academic. I'm at UCL and I'm currently writing an article 
on um, having interviewed 10 head teachers and primary schools, um, looking at their um, perspective on um, climate change education. And mm -hmm. the reason I think that's relevant is this is clearly a moral issue to which they feel a strong moral pull, to which they see children, parents, the community have a strong moral pull. And, where, and they are torn apart by the dilemmas that they face around finding time, space, initiative, energy to dedicate to these things that they know of are important, but are not valued by the assessment system. And they're not they don't exist sufficiently in the curriculum. And these moral dilemmas within heads between the promise of the role as something where they can lead in a community to build a place where people are um, feel fulfilled and purposeful and uh, purposeful and happy. On the one hand, they see that that's possible or that that is a possibility. And on the other hand, an increasing level of um, restriction, demand, and sheer um, breadth of tasks, including managerial and management tasks that they have to do. And that, that gap is becoming increasingly difficult for them to reconcile, and it causes huge mental stress. And I think what we've seen here is, um, you know, th through, through this is inquiry is those inspections merely are a sort of a, a, a grounding, um, a, a touchstone, if you like, or what would you call it, like a, a, a lightning rod where those tensions suddenly come to a head between the, the moral purpose and direction they want to give in leading the school and what they find that they have to do. Mm, mm, no, some really interesting points there. Um, I know we've got Brian here. I've just requested Brian and see if he wants to, to say anything um, on this as, as um, former general secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders. Um, yeah, um, thanks Thanks to everyone who, who's contributed to this conversation for the last sort of hour and 20 minutes. It's been really, really interesting. Anyone who's, who's sort of just joined now, you can listen back to it either here or um, we'll publish it as a podcast um, imminently uh, via Teachers Talk Radio on any podcast platform um, that you subscribe to. Um, so if you want to sort of catch up to it there, then then you can do. Um, yeah, massive thanks to, to everyone who's contributed. It's been it's it's it could be a monumental day in the history of Ofsted, the history of school inspection, the history of school accountability. If what we're reading is anything to go by, then it's it could be a a massive day. I know tonight um, Brent will be on at seven thirty p.m. Uh, on TTR, so I've just pinned that to the space there. So if if anybody wants to sort of listen to that one, then um, yeah, it'll be seven thirty tonight. Thanks everybody, and yeah, speak to you soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.